0: Welcome to the Angular Angularlicious Podcast. Angularlicious? And now your host, Matt Vaughn. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Angularlicious Podcast. I'm Matt Vaughn, and I am here today to talk about building better applications using... Principles, patterns, and process. And today, we're going to talk about something I think is kind of interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I had a friend of mine ask me a pretty interesting question. He wanted to know if they should change. He's a development manager over a large development team, probably 25, 30 different uh, developers. And he wanted to know if they should change everything over to Angular. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, My uh, response was, yeah, why not? Isn't that what we should do? Um, Angular's great, right? No, I didn't answer that. I said no. And the reason why I said no is because you have to do the right thing at the right time. And really, it's probably not the right thing to do. For a company that has developed uh, between uh, two and three years of a development all their applications using react and javascript and i don't really think that is the problem the technology they chose i think it's some other things and that's what i want to talk about today so mine additionally i also told him that that it really it doesn't matter uh what language or what uh, kind of technology stack you choose and we really know it does right so if you chose angular you're going to be very successful but even if you do choose angular if you don't do certain things you can still create a bad application believe it or not so today that's what we're going to talk about all right so the question is are you an effective angular developer is your team effective and we're going to look at three different things to kind of measure our overall effectiveness And these things help us to uh, analyze what we're doing, how we do it, and if we can improve in these certain areas, then hopefully we as an individual developer or a team will be more effective. So let's get right into it. All right, the first thing we're going to talk about is Essentials. So the essentials are really the fundamental elements or characteristics of something. So in order for us to fundamentally do anything uh, in, in our environment as an Angular developer, we need Angular. Um, we need the latest version of Angular, so we should be using version 6 because there's a lot of improvements, a lot of enhancements, uh, good tooling, um, better configuration, things like that, so we know we need that, and that's what we want. So if you're not using the latest version of Angular, then maybe this is one thing that uh, you, your team could focus on is how do we go from where we're at to the current version, and what would be our plan or kind of a recipe to kind of keep pace with these versions as they come out. So you may not want to switch them right away, but you should have some kind of plan uh, where you want to um, update uh, to uh, the uh, a recent version. So we're going to talk about the tools and materials here, these essential things. We need Angular. We need TypeScript. We need different tools and frameworks, different packages, like material design. If you have a UI control suite, you might be checking out PrimeNG. Or Widgmo from Great City, and you might have uh, something else that you like. So we need, to, we need to have these essential items in order for us to, to be effective. So that list can kind of grow, but e- essentially we need Angular TypeScript and uh, these, um, these tools. So secondary to that is experience. And experience really is uh, knowledge or skill acquired over a period of time so getting this knowledge uh, and skill over a period of time uh, allows you to understand certain things and how they work and so when you think about professionally when you're at work uh, we want to become experts at certain things so when we think about our essentials uh, we want to be able to understand their capabilities and understand what things they can do and what things they cannot do or should not do Um, things like that. And we also need uh, to take um, a concept uh, basically through our development cycle to a working application. This also requires understanding. So knowledge and understanding uh, to make the right decisions at the right time and do the right things at the right time are very important. So you get that through experience. So that's the second item we'll talk about. And third, really I think is uh, probably one of the most important, is carrying out um, the plan. This is our execution phase. We need to carry it out. We need a course of action. And when we think about our execution, it involves a lot of different things. Um, We need to have uh, a a recipe for for doing certain things. So what is the recipe for... um, how you and your team work together and uh, how you implement certain things in your application. Is there a defined way to do this? Is it documented? Um, And we think about our architecture. We can have a high-level architecture about how we want to do things, and really, everybody on the team should know and understand what that architecture is and how it works. And the reason for that is you want developers to follow the architecture so that your code is consistent, not only within the same application, But if you're on a big team and working on an enterprise environment, you might have several applications and you want to have consistency of code between all of your apps. And this will allow your team to be more effective uh, between the applications but also in the long term as well. But those are some of the things when we talk about execution. So three things, essentials, experience, and execution. Now we're going to take a little bit of time here and go through each one of them in a little more uh, in depth so that we can figure out are we effective, as effective as we should be in in some of these areas? So uh, let's uh, circle back. We'll uh, hit the first one here. We talk about essentials, uh, knowing our tools and frameworks, uh, materials and such. So uh, let's uh, start with Angular. Um, What is Angular? What is it? What does it do? How does it work? Do we fundamentally know how Angular works kind of at a high level? Uh, Do we know why it uses modules? And how modules are, are used in an Angular application? Uh, what about services and routes and components? And how does our HTTP client work? See, these are the the really kind of the fundamental things of Angular. And if they all work together the Angular way, then uh, you have a happy little little application, right? But if you try to do things kind of in an atypical or a non Angular way of doing things, um, then that's where you might run into some problems and issues. Uh, a really good example of that, I think, is dependency injection. And Angular does a great job of this. So you can uh, have certain things injected into components, into services. You can provide these things and actually uh, allow for configuration to be set up uh, during dependency injection. And That is really a kind of a core feature of Angular. So we wouldn't want to build something that's kind of atypical to solve that kind of problem when Angular already provides a way to do that for us. Use the Angular force. Use the way Angular does it, and uh, follow uh, its guidelines and its opinions and things like that, and things will really work out. So I think that really comes about through you know gaining knowledge and understanding of how Angular works. And so sometimes you might have to you know Google and uh, tinker around and read documentation and uh, go to ang- Angular.io and look at the documentation. Uh, wrangle.io has a really nice uh, book. That uh, you can down, download and look at, and there's lots of resources. So, um, really, I think it's up to us as as an individuals and as teams to really kind of understand how Angular works and such. Now, the next thing we talk about is TypeScript, and TypeScript is uh, part of this you know opinionated uh, flavor of things uh, with Angular, and they chose. TypeScript for several reasons and I think it, and those reasons are really good. So we won't kind of go into why they did that and such but what does TypeScript give us? Well, remember TypeScript was from the actual creators of the C Sharp language and C Sharp in .NET is a object-oriented programming language and so with TypeScript we get to use and uh, have the benefit of object-oriented Oriented programming concepts. So we can use classes. We can create base classes, abstract classes, interfaces, enumerations, things like that. And because of the object orientedness, if that's a word, um, for uh, TypeScript, we also have uh, the capability to use. Different design patterns. Uh, the Gang of Four design patterns. We can implement the the composite pattern. We can uh, implement uh, different uh, patterns that. Uh help us to be more effective in our approach to solving certain problems. So not just using patterns for the sake of using patterns, but using the right patterns for the right things. And we can do that now because it's a capability of TypeScript. It gives us the ability to do that. So um, base classes is another great thing. So why copy code from component to component or from service to service when you can actually have base service classes or base uh, component classes, and then you can have uh, common uh, properties and and, uh, methods uh, implemented that all of uh, the concrete ones can share and benefit from. So those are uh, just a couple of the things that you know, knowing and understanding how they work and what they're capable of capable of can really make us more effective uh, as a developer. And the last thing uh, that we'll mention is Visual Studio Code. Now it seems like uh, to me it um, there are always it seems like it almost weekly but it may not be weekly it may be every other week or so there's always an update with uh, Visual Studio Code and these uh, some of these updates are very impressive when you think about the tooling and the capabilities of our environment in Visual Studio Code Uh, the IntelliSense features being able to uh, Basically, uh, separate uh, different working windows in our environment and to find things and find code and uh, configuration and things like that. So, we need to understand and know the capabilities of our environment, Visual Studio Code, what it can do. And imagine all the different shortcuts of things that uh, you may be doing, kind of the long way. And there's probably an easier way to do that if uh, you kind of learn maybe uh, keyboard shortcuts or find different extensions that kind of uh, help that out. So, um, you know, one one thing, for example, is uh, you can use Visual Studio Code as a Markdown editor, and you can actually view in a different uh, window or panel. The output of your Markdown uh, formatted, so it's really nice to be able to kind of create your documentation, but also see how it's going to look and things like that. And there's other extensions where you can even export your Markdown to a PDF document and maybe share that with team or or with uh, someone else who uh, wants to uh, take a look at what you're doing. So, you know, that's just a small thing, and you know, the the uh, capabilities of visual studio code is just uh getting better and better um on every release so those are some of the things that uh, knowing and understanding will help us to be more effective and realize that you know some of this uh, takes time and uh, patience and effort and such so um you know, you want you want to have a, an approach on how you're going to learn these things, but uh, you can't do everything at once. So uh, maybe pick uh, one or two and kind of focus on those for a time period until that it's really kind of part of your developer DNA and part of your team. So the next thing we'll talk about is uh, experience. Uh, to uh, some degree, uh, we kind of iterate over that a little bit with uh, talking about knowing and understanding things, but. As a professional, um, we really need uh, this experience uh, to come about um, through our work and our effort. So um, we do this through practice, and think about it. Every time you're writing an application, even though uh, you're working, you're getting paid for that work, you're really kind of practicing at the same time. You're honing your skill. So instead of uh, doing it the same old way, maybe there's better ways of doing it. Uh, Maybe if you can uh, improve 1% every day or do something a little bit different, or learn something new that makes you more efficient or more effective uh, in your job. And it could be tooling, it could be a new feature of TypeScript, or uh, it could be understanding or having a better uh, understanding of what Angular can do in terms of modules or custom libraries, things like that. So when you do that, um, it does take time, but uh, you see the benefits over the period of time. And then share that knowledge with uh, other people and with your team. And if you're uh, kind of a lone developer and you don't have anyone to share it with, uh, create a blog or something. And if you know that you're gonna have to teach somebody something that you're learning or want to learn, then it really helps you uh, uh, straight away from the beginning to kind of conceptualize these things and remember uh, the key things. And uh, you learn it yourself a lot better when you know you have to teach it. So that's one uh, good way to basically share your knowledge. So really, when we think about it, it's a continuous learning uh Principle or uh, pattern. So uh, we've got continuous integration, we've got uh, continuous deployment, and as a developer to gain this experience, we need continuous learning. All right, now the third one execution. This is uh, putting your plan in effect and uh, putting it uh, uh, in a way so that uh, you follow a course of action and you have a very deliberate outcome or result that uh, really kind of benefits and adds value to your company and the end users of your um, software so let's take a little uh, time to talk about your architecture what is your architecture now for many years I've been able to work on back end applications so from RESTful services web APIs uh, delegating those calls to uh, services underneath that and within those services I have a really strong business layer where there's a lot of business rule imp- implementation, business or data validation. Uh, we use uh, the repository pattern to uh, perform uh, the retrieval or persistence of uh, data to our uh, database, things like that. So those kind of patterns and responsibilities and layers have uh, been around for quite a while. And uh, on the back end, it's been really easy to implement those things Um in my applications. But when we think about architecture on the front end, do we have just as a defined architecture or approach to do things like communicating uh, between a component and basically business logic? Um, Where do you do that? How do you do that? Um, Are you using services? what are your services doing? Is there a business logic layer within those on the front end? And how do you implement business logic or um, your business rules and data validation? Um, my team, uh, we're using a rule engine. And if you go to uh, npmjs.com, you can uh, look at uh, or find the Angular-licious, uh packages. And in there, there's a rule engine and also a business action framework. And we use both of those to really kind of define uh, how we implement our business logic. And so that way, all of our applications and our business logic implementation is very consistent highly testable and very extensible um, for um, our application. And we do the same for all of our apps. So uh, the current uh, set of applications, uh, we have six different apps and they're all implemented using these same two packages. Uh, We have the same recipe, the same architecture. Uh, It's documented, it's well-defined and it's, it's followed by each developer on the team. And so the, the main benefit, consistent code and, at the end of the day isn't that just what we want we want things consistent and maintainable and extensible and uh, that's one way to do that is to know and understand and have your architecture defined documented and followed And so you might have to do uh, code reviews to make sure that this is happening and um, make sure that everybody's uh, following the right recipes that uh, has been decided upon uh, by the team Another thing that I think is really kind of missing from the execution phase is really kind of knowing how to get from here to there, uh, meaning how do you get from a concept or an idea or some feature that's kind of abstract to the actual implementation. Maybe it's an entire application. Well, you have to have design and analysis to some degree. And I'm not saying you need this uh, very uh, intricate... Uh, in, intricate? In, intricate. Yes. Uh uh, very detailed uh, design and analysis phase. It takes a lot of time, a lot of lot of documentation. You don't need you don't need that. You need just enough design and analysis. And how you uh, document that that could be up to your team. Uh, for example, our team, if it's really important, um, you know, we'll do more formal documentation in terms of uh, uh, um, our markdown documents or our co- or documentation repository. And we also, uh, you know, we could do some visio diagrams, things like that. But for the most part uh a, a huge whiteboard exercise and instead of writing on the whiteboard we use sticky notes and the reason why we do that is we can move these sticky notes around and basically when things change or we're organizing things and putting grouping things together and such it's a lot easier to do that than redrawing the lines and kind of erasing and, and things like that so we go through a set of design and analysis uh exercises uh, to determine who uh, the, the, what the goal is of the app, uh, who the audience is, the, the different actors um, that will um, interact with the application and what those use cases are. And then there's another set of exercises where we uh, define uh, the what of, of things and the domain and then the relationships between these things. And then we talk about uh, the when and where And it allows us to kind of start talking about workflow or sequence of events and going from one state to another. And when you start identifying those things and, uh, you know, creating your sticky notes and you have these whiteboard... uh, uh, very visual display of these things. Uh, we take photos of those and uh, we uh, include them in our uh, documentation repository and such. And we refer refer back to those during the development process. But it allows us to really kind of identify uh, different things that, that are going to come up uh, anyway. So instead of having them be a a total surprise, or have them emerge while you're developing or and right in the middle of development, um, you kind of already have talked about them, and you know what's coming up, and you kind of have a, a better roadmap of what needs to, to be done. And, uh, you know, just an example, um, one of our last applications, we didn't really spend a lot of time on this, and what kind of emerged and surprised us uh, during the middle of development was really how the uh, flow of some of these, um, these components or these views, uh, the UI views, would, would take place in this uh, learning application we're building. So what we found out is it would have been a lot better to kind of talk about uh, the different components and views that we're going to need and what are the parts of those views and how can those be kind of broken down into uh, presentational components uh, for the uh, container components. So container presentational components... Um, Google that because that's kind of an emerging pattern uh, f- that's uh, been around for a, uh, you know, a few years. I've uh, seen people talk about it, but and how it relates to Angular is, is pretty specific. So understand the difference between a, a presentational and a container component and how they're used. And when you do kind of design and analysis of the actual components – you have a kind of a recipe or a roadmap and you know how you're going to implement it. So it just makes things a lot smoother in terms of the implementation. And when I think of those things like that, really, uh, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, sports and, uh, sports teams. When you think of like, uh, a football team and my favorite team, the Denver Broncos, uh, go Broncos. Um, these teams have, uh, owners and coaches and, and players and, um, they all have different roles and responsibilities, but they all have a specific knowledge and understanding of what they need to do to be effective in those roles and how to do certain things. So coaches in their execution have to basically coach players and motivate and, uh, and uh, teach them uh, game plans and uh, the playbook and and things like that. And the players' jobs are to really kind of learn what those things are and understand them and through repetition and practice and taking advantage of other essentials like um, the, uh, you know, could be uh, the workouts and it could be uh, their nutrition uh, requirements and things to make them better athletes. They do all these things and they can execute on game day and uh, run those plays uh, that they've uh, done over and over repetitively in uh, practice. And when it comes time to actually needing to do it in a real competition, it uh, becomes second nature, almost like intuition. And that's kind of uh, when we know that uh, we're effective in some of these uh, areas that we've talked about, is that when we start doing them intuitively then we know it's part of our developer and our team DNA, and it's what we do, it's how we do it. And um, we may not even think about it or, or be able to explain why I just did that. It's just part of intuition or what we do or how we do it. So those are some of the things in execution that will make us very effective in what we do. And this um, these things need to be very well defined. Uh, the playbook, the recipes, the architecture, uh, the design and analysis uh, to some degree. And this way everybody knows what, what these things are and everyone, when they speak about them, they're speaking about the same things. So the collaboration is a lot easier and more effective as well because two different people may be saying the same word or they may think they're talking about the same idea or concept, but in reality, it's two different things. So the more that we can get to the point where we're talking about the same thing, we have the same understanding, the same knowledge, we're, we're working from the same playbook, like uh, athletes, um, then executing those things uh, really create that uh, very consistent uh, results and such. So uh, I mentioned earlier that I would uh, kind of reference some things. So one book that really helped me in my career early on, uh, going back to uh, the year 2002, is the uh, book by Craig Larman. Uh, the name of the book is Applying UML and Patterns. Applying UML and Patterns. And the book uh, subtitle is An Introduction to Object-Oriented Analysis and Design and Iterative Development, and I think it's in its third edition right now. You can get it on Amazon. Um, the link to that book will be in the show notes uh, for this podcast. And uh, you can go to Angularlicious, uh, angular, L-I-C-I-O dot US or angularlicious. .com. That'll get you to my website. You can check out the show notes for this podcast, uh, look at the resources. I'll uh, put some other resources there for uh, taking a look at different uh, architectures and patterns and uh, things for Angular. Uh, Maybe some resources point to some of the new tooling uh, that's available in the latest release of TypeScript. Things like that. Maybe some capabilities that you didn't know Visual Studio Code has. uh, Changes pretty fast and it's pretty cool. Um, Those will be in the show notes, so please check those out. Uh, take advantage of those things, and hopefully you are an effective Angular developer, and your team is effective as well. Angularicious! You've been listening to the Angular Delicious podcast, where there's no excuse to get it right the first time. Visit the Angularlicious website, that's u s. or for the other people, angularinitious.com Join the conversation, subscribe, access show notes, and get your bonus content on. Out.